0: Yo, Joburg, everybody, this is Steve, this is episode 214 of G.I. Joburg, and today we discuss the best appearances of a select few personnel, but I've got a select few personnel in attendance with me tonight. As usual, we got the, the old boys in the in the his A. It's Robin Paul! Yay! Hey. <laughs> yep, let's do it. 214, we're talking... Best appearances of characters, because characters in the G.I. Joe mythology spread over various different media sources, have varying degrees of treatment. For instance, did Duke get a better treatment in Sunbow than he did in the Marvel Comics run? I mean, in an article published, I think it was in Wizard Magazine, Larry Harmer put Duke in his kind of least favorite box because he felt the character never really lived up to his potential. He's rectifying it now in idw boy oh boy let me tell you but does it remain that duke's best appearance actually comes from the tune where they fought giant vegetables and <laughs> giant germs and exploding crystals well stick around and find out but gents i'm going to start us off on a little bit of a somber note uh we had a legend passed this week uh, a gentleman called bob prupus from Hasbro, mm. early days. This is the funny thing about growing into this hobby as an adult. You realize that there are faces and names responsible for the line that you love so much. And while we never got to meet him alongside or Berzigian and Hammer when we went to JoeCon 2018, Bob was absolutely instrumental in modern G.I. Joe, or I should say, the G.I. Joe, a real American hero. He was a very theatrical man, worked for Hasbro at the time, and He was the driving force behind getting Big Boss Hassenfeld to sign off on three and three quarter inch Joe. So we owe him everything.
1: Uh, As Larry Homer put it, he's the true grandfather of um, G.I. Joe or the true godfather of G.I. Joe. I think if that was the line, I can't find his post now, but I, I did see that a few days ago. Larry Homer actually posted that. He's like, yeah, anyway. He just said, this is the true Godfather of G.I. Joe, which is a well, like very cool. fitting
0: tribute to uh, 3D Joe's. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube version, 3D Joe's put together a nice uh, photo collage, uh, the in memoriam, and also a thread to share memories and condolences, commiserations to the family. So uh, lovely, lovely work. Thank you very much, Carson. And uh, yeah, I guess. There's not really much to say about it other than that um, that we, as GI Joeberg, salute you, Purpose. You served us all uh, with with distinction. Wouldn't be here without him. That's incredible.
1: No, yeah, totally. Actually, shame, man. Oh well.
0: Well, no. Let's you know, let's go right on into uh, honouring his legacy by
1: talking about. Did anyone get any new toys? <laughs> Ooh uh okay i'll start but it's it's a bit of a teaser trailer <laughs> <laughs> um, i did get something cool this week um from a local guy actually um busy uh editing the video right now as we, well not right now as we're doing the podcast i was up until starting the podcast i was working on the edit for the video it may be out before the video but it will definitely be out after the video and the patreon book force you guys are going to get it first And yeah and then I'll give it to you guys for a day or two and then we'll unleash it upon the world you can see the cool new local toys I got from a local Joe fan so I'm just gonna leave it at that because other than that nothing new and I'm actually okay with that (laughs) Um, uh, if I, I I'm always scared of saying stuff like this but I've just been worried that everything's been coming at me thick and fast and I'm kind of happy to just have toy releases coming in slowly you know, I've got some very cool things sitting in the States that I'd like to ship off at some point. And yeah, I'm just, you know, you, you want to play it chilled, you know what I mean? Like, I've just noticed the last few episodes, every episode, I've been like, oh, I've got something new, I've got something new. And I kind of feel a bit sheepish about that, actually. So I'm just trying to chill a bit. You know, one must measure oneself, so, uh, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, um, I shudder to ask my friend, did you get that pop
0: you were after? <laughs>
2: no, no, I didn't in the end. Um, I, I remember no. actually this month, I I, I, I need to buy a book, uh, a book for my sister. So, like, I only have so much disposable Rob, income. So, I was like, how get much is the that pop, pop for myself. Uh, I can't remember, like, 300 bucks or something like that. Fine. It's, it's,
1: we're going to so sort crazy. out this pop. <laughs> <laughs> my God you must have you must have this pop yeah we will I, we'll get you this funko pop <laughs> and if i could if i could get you a lacquer funko pop i would love to get you that bat because i think it's really cool i just can't bring myself to buy it for myself and i think i think it's time we get you a pop rob so watch well, okay the space then.
2: soon i'll I'll be saying i have new stuff (laughs) so
1: Um, last
0: week i said that bizarrely the uh, australian father's day is celebrated on the first of september well (laughs) well, i think there's been a bit of broken telephonage between me and my wife because that's the message i got but no 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 Australian father's day is the first Sunday in September. So yes, it is kind of in line with, uh, common practice around the world, at least in, in that convention. But it is fun that I got to celebrate father's day twice in one year for one kid, because (laughs) I don't know if you recall the last, the the other father's day. Um, I got myself the silver mirage this time Mm. around. Uh, well, the wifey got me something pretty sweet. Both, uh, um... yeah time off so she got me a framed up uh print of the night sky over my family home in cape town at Elliot's time of birth whoa oh my
1: word i didn't even yeah, know there was a him. thing
0: neither wow. did i but she, she says she's part of lots of like mother's groups <laughs> and i think like, have these crazy ideas <laughs> this is the the gift to get uh this Father's Day. I mean it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm not into astrology, but it does have all the zodiacs, like I think, um, kind of indicated on them and their location on the star field at that time, in that place in the hemisphere of Africa. Uh so fantastic, lovely. An <laughs> but Aries, no, no, yeah. no. That's not hey, so what?
1: He's an Aries, isn't he?
0: I don't know. Sixteenth of March. He's a little monster, is what he is. He's found his voice, boys. Oh man, um, like. But look, he's equal parts laughs and giggles, and screams and so chirps cute. as he is cries. So he's yeah, he's he's great. And he got a gift this Father's Day too. He got his Australian passport. Yay! Hey. Nice passport. Nice. Exactly. He will never know. <laughs> the, the difficulties one faces as a, a sort of a lesser passport holder in this world because he got a, a blue book with the passport ranking of eighth place in the no? ninth, ninth in the world mm, in terms oh, of I've... passport rank the I've... passport ranking is basically determined based on uh, how many how many countries you can enter without having to apply for visas up front uh, right. Singapore Singapore this year was pipped by Japan. Singapore used Whoa. to be in the top spot. Now Japan's got the most coveted passport. Uh, the UK and the United States are tied at seventh. Um, my passport, the Greek passport, is actually at eighth. Woohoo, go me. And Australia's in ninth place. So, <laughs> you know, he's got a comparable passport to mine. But uh, yeah, he lo- was a... lo- lo- Long may the EU reign
1: <laughs> in the tuxedo. he has got a yep, tuxedo, yep, yep. but cool. it couldn't
0: just be framed pictures and passports for me on Father's Day. No, no, no. I got myself a Joe, uh, a very affordable 1983 swivel arm zap. Ooh, affordable. Why? Because uh, he had some issues. Um, he was repaired. What is it with people taking stripped screws and attempting to drill them out let me just tell everyone in this world who is uncertain of this practice to stop attempting it because I'm assuring you like nine times out of ten you're going to ruin your toy because we're just we're just not good enough at it and this plastic is far too old to tolerate a drill bit at any speed I don't care if it's a hand tool it's just Mm -hmm. not a good idea anyways the back on this figure has a nice crack it actually probably cracked apart and so the seller, I mean, he upfront, he said, listen, this has a, a meaty crack. I've actually replaced the O-ring with, um, quite a nice, fresh, good O-ring for this vintage of figure. Um, but I've glued the torso together. So once that O-ring shot, that's it tickets, but this is a very affordable way to get a very coveted figure. And yes, this is a zap with two thumbs. <laughs> and lo and behold hey, get uh, two thumbs up from me too. So I figured that that's great. They, they wanted all of 35 dollars for it. No nice. one was biting at 35, so they reduced it to 25 and at, at that point I bit. Wow. So I... I opened it for Father's Day. Woohoo got my zap. Yay, mm-hmm. put a
2: little
1: bitty okay. in there. Cool.
0: No, this was nice. a, just a claim sale. didn't have to bid for anything.
1: Did I, um, I can't remember now, just because the last two weeks have really been a blur. Did I tell you guys about that local um, bid or buy auction I was involved with? For the, oh, the one that kept, it kept ending, and yeah, ending, that ending and ending and ending and ending. So, I got to tell you, there's actually a little bit of follow-on from that, which is quite funny. So, uh, I, ha- I know this really cool local... Uh, we'll be the judge GIG of that. Um, i know this local gi joe dealer he's a very cool guy um and every now and then he'll like swing a picture of a gi joe by me and be like hey listen are you interested in one of these and i'm like nah i got it you know and then he sends me a picture of uh the the two two of the joes that were on that sale and i saw that i'm like wait hold on do you know the guy who bought that Skyhawk? <laughs> kind of. So we got into a little bit of a chat there and whatever. He's like, "Yeah, no, he's a big vehicle guy." Blah blah blah. He really digs it. So I'm like, "Well, if he ever wants to get rid of it, you know who to call first." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, no problem." Anyway, so the guy who bought it, he didn't even know which figures he got with it. And just for the record, guys, it's Lowlight version two and um, Pathfinder. And so that's why this guy had a message, because he had these two pictures and he's just like, Yo, it looks like Shawl doesn't know who these guys are. And I'm like, haha, amateur. But I mean, I'm just being like a, a punk because the guy who actually bought that Skyhawk is a cool guy. Anyway, long story short, um, I looked at that low light and I started thinking, My low light version two doesn't have gear. So I'm like, hmm. So I'm I you asked, mean version uh, three,
0: just just sort of sticklers out there on thinking slaughters marauders. Oh, sh-
1: oh, poop, yes. No, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Version 1991
0: three. low light with the beard and
1: the, the black poop on his face. So uh, <laughs> that's actually a really cool toy, I got to say. But anyway, I decided, I was like, wow, I still really need the gear for this. And so I just on the off chance asked um, Scott, So I was like, hey, dude, uh, any chance you have any gear for that low light lying around or knowing anybody who's got it, whatever. He's like, yeah, no problem. I'll check. Few hours pass and he sends me back this uh, screenshot of an eBay auction. He's like a, a complete, a complete low light version three with a broken crotch for six dollars. I'm like, dude, get it, <laughs> you know? He's like, okay, but there was like literally there was like a minute left on the auction. He sends me back a message. He's like, sniper. I've got good news and I got bad news. I'm like, oh god, what's the bad news? He's like, it's eight dollars. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I got it for you. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> so at Excellent. least I got a version, uh, version 3 low light set of gear and I suppose parts for a low light version 3, which makes me very happy because that toy is awesome. But without its gear, it's not as awesome. I don't know if you guys agree. So, uh, for the yeah. longest
0: time, we had the, the European release, which just has Red Star's missile launcher. No mm. backpack, no knife, no lamp. But swinging yeah. the mic back to my story paul I wasn't, actually, I wasn't Sorry, done Sorry, <laughs> no there's more to this uh, zap story unfortunately <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> there was a defect that wasn't disclosed dun, dun, dun. his crotch piece had a meaty crack in it Ooh. which was Ooh. only lengthening and um the seller he ensu- he assures me that it was something that must have happened in transit I I immediately thought, ah man, maybe he resized it with or he took a a thicker O ring than a 1983 GI Joe can easily accommodate, and that put pressure on the joints, but or on the parts. But he assured me that he used a very thin O ring. Anyways, he decided to uh, meet me halfway and give me a 50% refund of the wow. total cost of the transaction, so shipping included. Whoa. So a zap wow. for a eight, eighteen dollars. Yeah. This guy is one of the, 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 the true gents of the Australian uh, G.I. Joe toy dealers uh, market. So what if you G. Want G. details, hit me in the DMs or the comments. Um, but naturally, I, I set about to to fix this issue. Um, Paul, I used your trick. Actually, just smear a bit of super glue over the seam to hopefully oh, yeah. just uh, uh, stop that crack from from suturing any deeper. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't be me without uh, adding a signature touch to my Rafael Melendez. I mean, he can't just have that but ugly Michael Ironside uh, head sculpt without his <laughs> signature mustache. So I added some whiskers to my my figure. Hey. And now he looks like Zap.
1: Cool. That's cool. a proper Roku. Zap. I'm yeah, sorry, that it really the Owing does put change, uh, some pressure on his snag. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good correct usage of snag <laughs> oh man nobody wants a broken snag his, mm. his uh his back screw was was cooked but uh, his snag was intact <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i I'd, li- I'd like to think that um the mustache really does finish him off and let me tell you something james i thought i was doing a very cockeyed wonky mustache but as it turns out, that head sculpt, that 1982 original, is one of the most squiffy head sculpts. It's just not symmetrical at all. There's a strange shaped head. Yeah, <laughs> his
2: head is very weird.
0: Uh, let's move on to a news item. <laughs> the Screaming Eman Customs uh, Cobra, what would you call it? Temple? Silent Castle? Basically, their big, big playset to follow up their headquarters playset for Joe has been launched. Uh, Pre-orders are available and Boomtown, it's huge. Uh, On the YouTube version, you can treat yourself to an image of it standing next to a pterodrome. At 44 inches tall from base to the top of the Cobra sort of spire and 32 and a half inches uh, wide, it's a behemoth.
2: It's like three times taller than a than a pterodrome. I mean, like the meaty bit is like like two pterodromes put on top of each other, and then an extra one for the tower on top. That's crazy. They oh, listed dude.
0: all the features. It has a hundred percent plastic construction. Sliding front doors that open and close. A secret opening with an attachment point for grappling hooks inside the temple spire on the roof above the arena of sport (laughs) for infill or exfil. There's a manhole opening with a 3D printed cover inspired by issue number 21. There's a sending grid for your mass device. There's a weapons two-pack for the arena of sport combatants. Nine rooms and five battlement levels. It holds, they say dozens of figures. I'm going to say tens of figures, no, wait, that's (laughs) less, um, hundreds of figures, hundreds of figures, (laughs) like 50, 20s of figures. (laughs) Um, it's limited number edition of $150, uh, 150 units. Um, it's going to set you back $400 plus $25 flat shipping for the U.S. or $80 worldwide shipping. There's an optional LED lighting add-on kit at $20 each. You choose a pair of LED spotlights. Two are included for the $20 and or a pair of color-changing LED strips with remote controls. Or... Okay. Uh, I'm going to treat you, I suppose, to a photo collage. Gents, uh, feel free to chime in with comments as you wish.
1: That background is blue. That one is blue. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Lit Jeez, up, it uh... looks
2: absolutely amazing. Is this? I mean, this is pictures of 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 a prototype. This isn't like three D rendering
0: or anything. This is um, an actually an actual assembled version. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Mat- Matthew is like, I know what I'm asking Santa for Christmas, and I'm like, yeah, eight hundred dollars. What for two of these bad boys? Um, th- yeah. So there's a sliding door. <laughs> it's got um, sculpted
0: pieces to make the sort of. Uh, The identity sort of cobra heads that you put your hand into to make it slide open. I'm referencing Mm. the mass device if anyone's scratching their heads. Uh, Mm. Oh, there's actually an image of Destro putting his his paw into the mouth of one of these cobra, uh, whatever you call them, uh, statuettes. And gaining Mm. access to the inside of this thing. So here we have an interior shot. They have, um, it seems they've upped their art game. The... The decal sheet for the interior looks, in my estimation, a little bit better than what they they produced for um, the Chiyojo HQ, but that's entirely uh, objective. (laughs) Thoughts, gentlemen? It's It's cool.
2: (laughs) really nice. I mean, you can definitely customize those spaces quite liberally with your own kind of, like, items. I mean, it's nice to have the walls kind of, picture it so you have an idea of where you are but i think once you start adding your own 3d items into those spaces i mean it, you can completely make it absolutely amazing um,
0: the arena boy, sport which dominates um, the center does have a a kind of a, a platform for the cobra uh hierarchy to watch duke and snake eyes go head to
1: head i'm gonna say something like pretty controversial here now um in the previous in the joe hq there were a lot of like 3d objects like a lot of stuff that was taking up space which was great um this looks and god i hate to say it this way but it's the only way i can think of it looks like a glorified toy shelf i know i know it's like oh my god did paul just say that but it kind of does and it does bug me a little bit i feel like i feel like for the price of it it could be a bit more. I mean, four hundred dollars is not a little bit of money, uh, but that's that's you know the the three D printed stuff that looks amazing and that is definitely cool. Um, yeah. Look, I Sorry. fully I fully mm. anticipated your hot take, Paul, because you know you are
0: a a, a, a a custom minded individual, and you know if you truly wanted to to, to take on a project, you could probably produce something like this. Mm. But here it is ready to go for anyone who no uh, DIY. Who, whose also... ti- who's, well, who's, who's time is money. Uh, mm. And if your time in creating something like this is more valuable than $400, by all means, have someone else do the legwork. Mm. It's one hell of a great environment to just stash loads and loads of figures. Um, that it if, you always, mm. you know, if you always you know if you're always scratching your head as to the coolest display options, like, this certainly beats a, a Detolf from Ikea. That word, oh, I yes. never know how to say that damn word. The Detolf, yeah. Detolf? Whatever. Detolf.
1: I just <laughs> pronounce it. But, like, okay, so I will sing some praises quickly for it, though. I know that when I first saw the the flag and whatever's in uh, Mark Bellamo's book, I was impressed by the fact that it existed. Okay? I didn't know that a flag had existed. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing. And... um my my imagination went to town on what was possible with this with this toy and whatever. And as I've come to you know to get uh, to to know the flag better, I've I've realized it is what it is. I mean, it is essentially a big empty shell um, that is fun to you know put Sky Strikers on. And Steve, you've said it a few times. It's a great way to you know land and take off um, or land and scramble a Sky Striker. So it's awesome, right? I mean, it's got that like sort of thing to it. But only when I I I believe it was um, uh, Hasbro did a toy fair or toy con or whatever. Once upon a time, it was in the early 2000s, say, oh, well, 2010, 2011, around there. They had that amazing display of a USS flag and it was full of like modern era figures and faux explosions and whatever. So I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. It was that I think it was from toy fair, actually. And I looked at that and that's when the flag made sense to me. And I feel like The silent castle, seeing it the way it is right now, you know, it's gonna get that kind of opinion from me. But I'm pretty sure as soon as guys have got it in their collections and they've started adding stuff to it and they've put their Joes in there and you know they're just making it look super cool, as they do, because we've seen amazing stuff coming out of the G.I. Joe community. Never mind, just customizing, just simple, you know, cobbled together boxes that have been painted up well, etc. So then maybe then uh, I'll really, really appreciate it for what it is. It's just maybe, I I think I'm also just coming from a South African perspective and I'm looking at it and I'm going $400, wow. (laughs) Um, Wow. Uh, But then again, uh, Steve, you said it right. Uh, You said it well now when you said, you know, maybe your time is a bit more valuable to you and you haven't got the time to make something like that. Totally understandable. Um, But I think the value in it will be truly sort of, seen visualized uh, put out there when we see what guys do when they have it and i'm pretty sure there's some guys in our comments already who are like yep getting one and (laughs) and i'm pretty sure they're going to do amazing 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 (laughs) amazing things with it
0: (laughs) you know what doesn't cost 400 bucks the gi joe role-playing game by renegade game studios and guess what it will be available on uh, i think it's called roll 20 which is an online uh, role playing kind of facility. Uh, I don't know. Just it just facilitates online play if you are remote to your party. So yes. this is a thing, guys. Gi Joubert might just role play uh, this game. Rob, so do you cool. feel up to the task? Uh, absolutely. I uh, as soon as
2: I can look at these rules, I will start reading them. And we're we're gonna go down this road. I think I think it's a I'm cool f- idea.
0: February February. Uh, I, I caught the What's on Your Mind most recent live stream. They had, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Ryan Costa. Uh, I don't know. Uh, basically, a guy who worked on the rule book. Damn it! I really should have um, rule got book that working man. My, exactly. He was great. Uh, I, I I I'm blanking on the name so i've fucked this up already but i'm definitely giving them a, a plug for the damn show if you didn't catch it live on friday night uh, in the u.s or saturday morning here in oz um do check it on the replay on their youtube channel because you... all, all your questions will be answered
1: uh did you guys uh manage to check out any of the cards that they had released um because i think that was also in the same reveal <laughs> Matt hey guys, in the chat
0: is saving my ass, Ryan Costello. But I, I totally Costello. got there, didn't I? I you, you were wasn't... almost there, Costa oh, Costellini, Costello. Costellano. I, shot all up. <laughs> <laughs> I Like a it's... rank amateur, but I got there. It's fine. You Cust... make mistakes,
1: so so when you make one, we 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 eat it up. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's, it's
2: it's like oh, it's like lunch. It's a nice sangi for us. It's a nice snag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so, uh, but like, have you guys checked out the cards and stuff? Because um, uh, there's this really cool um, Crimson Guard image uh, that I believe Robert Atkins did it and somebody did a color over, and this, of course, Robert Atkins painted it himself. Looks really rad. Um, but I got a note, and this actually just made me feel happy. <laughs> Some of those cards have a very similar stat dress-up to what I did with us the other day. Yes, um,
2: I was going to say, I mean, I haven't looked at like a detailed version of the cards, but I did see the you know a couple of images on their webpage, you know, where they're selling the product. And I was yeah. like, this kind of reminds me of what Paul had come up with.
1: That, and it was also mission-based. It looks like the game is also mission-based. Like it has lots of like mission-based cards and stuff that works within a mission. That's very interesting. It's cool. I mean, it's a logical place to go. It's not like, oh my God, I came up with this amazing idea. <sighs> They stole your idea and and, yeah, they totally didn't. It was just a logical, uh, a logical place for those ideas to go. It is just, (laughs) but it is a nice pet. uh, Like for me, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice, um, sort of, it comes around nicely in that I'm like, wow. Okay. My concepts there are actually on par with sort of some of the industry, which is a good thing. It's a good thing for me seeing as I am in that industry, (laughs) I know something. Oh my God, (laughs) you know, things. Because dudes, like I, I, I don't know how to explain it to you, but like if you work in the creative industry or you working in an industry where you creating stuff for people to, to use, consume, whatever's, you become very self-conscious of how good your ideas really are. Um and, and throughout the whole process, that's why you know we have think tanks, because any one person's idea is usually like one person's idea is usually quite solid. But you need four people to like support that idea, support that concept or to poke holes in it so that you can make that idea more robust. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a process. So to, for the, the guys who have made the card game and whatever, I see you and that's really cool. And now that I've seen that it's similar to what I was thinking of, I'm a little bit more interested in the cards than I was before, I've got to say. So yeah, anyway, that was my two cents there.
0: Gents, in honor of my most recent OG 13 kind of binge, that being Snake Eyes, uh, I got a Scarlet uh, not too long ago, and now Zap, I was wondering if you were to divide the OG 13 from like the top six and the bottom six with a kind of a swing in the middle, where's the dividing line in your kind of favor? Do you like the green guys? Or is it a case of like stalker snake eyes scarlet on top and then sorting out the rest
3: <laughs> <laughs> like who are the uh. bottom six
0: basically like who who the, the six guys in the og 13 that's like you could really give rocks about assuming there are six in the og 13 you give rocks about like maybe you're a big fan of short fuse
1: yeah i mean for me dude it's like snake eyes stalker scarlet um grand slam i like zap and I like Bazooka. I mean, you not bazooka, put Grand um... Slam
0: in your favorite half of the OG 13. This is a quick yeah, fire dude. topic. Feel free to scroll down into the comments and tell us, tell us who your top six and bottom six are and who's kind of, you know, piggy in the middle.
1: And I, I said Bazooka. <laughs> I mean results Breaker. may vary.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Breaker. Okay. Well, Breaker got a lot of, of character, but, uh, you know, he was the, the character that had no armaments um, he was also the character that was most linked to the Ram. So if you liked Rams, maybe Breaker was your guy. Uh, then again, Rock and Roll is equally uh, associated with the Ram. Uh, Stalker, ironically, is associated with the Jump. With the jump. In spite of the yeah. fact that that it was Grand Slam with Silver Pants who came with the Jump in the second iteration. So like there, there's, there's complexity to this question. And I did have a picture lined up of the OG 13 for reference, but unfortunately... For whatever reason, it needs some additional plug-ins. so you're just gonna have to imagine it. <laughs> Rob, do you have a top six and a bottom six?
2: I think, like, like looking at the original ones, I mean, they reused like the head sculpt for like three or four different figures, um, or at least like from a distance, like like Grant looks like Zap, who also looks like Grand Slam. And I think the same can be said for like short views and Haw- hawk. <laughs>
0: so so, so it, we can categorize it as like pretty boy head, beardy head, and, and Michael like, Ironside head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think so. And then you have kind of like the ones that they actually put a bit of more effort in and they made them more unique, you know, like rock and roll, um, obviously Scarlet and Snake Eyes and Stalker. Um, well, and then, I keep actually, wondering like, some is some
0: subtle. There's some subtle sleepers in there because you are isolating, at least in rock and roll, the guy who has the unique torso. But Clutch, yeah. Clutch, and uh, Steeler also have unique torsos that aren't reused. Yes, but the rest of them are so generic that you know. It's it kind it of easy. like no, they just kind of Steeler. easily yeah. fit into the bottom half. I think.
2: I think probably these the swing for me we're trying to be someone like like breaker he'd probably be in the middle somewhere cuz he's 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 got a beard and his like chest seems to be a little bit more detailed or maybe it's the coloring i like the coloring more than the the kind of like lighter greens on the other guys or the puke greens as it were um yeah i think breaker would probably be the swing for me
1: yeah dude I and then you're putting a...
2: what the, the bottom mm-hmm. guys are zap short Fuse. Shaq, Grant, probably, um, yeah, Short Fuse, Hawk, uh, Steeler? Okay. Is that six? Are we six yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I'll
2: then, bite. like, the, the, the kind of unimaginatively, I mean, okay, they're interesting, but they just look like they're wearing quilts. Um, short, I mean, Flash and, uh, and Grand Slam, they'll probably be in the bottom six, too.
0: Oh, one, two, Flash three. doesn't get a pass for having the the, the laser gun. Nah, nah. He's, he's he's kind of like a poor man sci-fi. It's funny, um, man. A lot of people rate Flash as like their favorite Joe. It is it is pretty well commonly held.
2: I, I guess I'm putting out an uncommon opinion here or, or unpopular opinion. He's uh, not one of my favorites. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, if he's your favorite, more power to you. Exactly. Um, you know my favorite scoop
0: so i mean who am i to talk <laughs> <laughs> what? darren These? shot us a response in the comments his top six are breaker clutch rock and roll stalker grunt and hawk you can't go wrong actually I- i'd say there's no wrong answer in this instance because that is a I'd terrific so top six Like um, they are you really such can't characters. go wrong
2: um your characters, but I mean, yeah, no, because it's not just the figures themselves, it's, it's the, the file cards that imbue these generic looking figures generally um, with more character and make and them I more interesting always, to use.
0: I will always mourn the fact that they were only around for less than a year's worth of comic books because Larry mm-hmm. laid such great groundwork for each of them. They each had such a definable set of character traits, but then... 1983, 1983 rolls around and he's got to work in Doc, Snowjob, Gung-Ho, Destro, like characters that are far more flashy. And so the old god kind of bow out, which is why the first 10 issues of A-Raw so special to me. Love, love, love those. That's the sandbox that I like to play in from time to time. But anyways, Paul, let's have your, your top six, your bottom six.
1: Okay, so like as I mentioned, um, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, Stalker, and in no, yeah, I suppose in no particular order with those three because they're all very cool. Although I think Stalker and Snake Eyes are the, the better figures out of those three. Um, I did Grand Slam, although I just want to just check something. Grand Slam is the one with the orange pads, right?
0: So Grand Slam was re- re-released with the silver pads, and he moved from being the Hell Specialist or yeah, the Laser Artillery Specialist to being the Jump Guy. But the, the the shade of his pads are similar to I think they it's it's the same paint as uh, as Flash. Yeah, uh, but orange. he is
2: the pad guy. He's the guy with the quilts on his, uh, with the yeah, armor I... on his on his outfit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but Grand I... Slam has the Michael Ironside sculpt, and Flash gets the pretty boy sculpt.
1: Okay, yeah. so. That okay, so <laughs> that's where I get confused because I keep getting them confused with each other. So it's actually flash over Grand Slam. Sorry, Grand Slam. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with you, Michael Ironside head. It's just I like the laser guy. <laughs> so, um, geez, so that's okay. So that's four. Um, if I have to dig deep, clutch, I'd say rock and roll is my sort of swing vote. And then honestly, for the rest, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> they all <laughs> like the same thing for me. <laughs> The, the big problem I have with OG13 is they're all very samey. Uh, and I know that that's an appealing quality for some people. It is not the most appealing thing for me. And I only really appreciated Flash when you brought over that Flash um, 25th anniversary figure around the one time uh, when you were up here in Joburg, Steve. Like... Th- uh, and then I really looked at it, and then I kind of got a bit of a an itch for that stuff. Oh, and uh, sorry, Breaker's meant to be in there somewhere, but also because Breaker's helmet is fairly unique um, to some degree, and he's a cool character. But yeah, anyway, that's that's pretty much it for me. It's it, They they kind of fall apart because I like them having their sort of uniqueness and their individuality, and I feel like the OG-13 from a toy perspective, which is quite important to me, I just feel like that's fall- that doesn't... Isn't as strong.
2: Well, I think Stephen has definitely improved my my liking of Zap. I mean, giving him the, that that moustache definitely makes him feel more unique. Oh. You know, standing amongst the other guys. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I think that's a I, huge I, improvement. I've got a I've got a straight arm um, Steeler. He uh, doesn't have the helmet or anything cool like that, but I've got one, um, and it's an interesting figure. And he looks like Odo from. Uh, from Voyager. I mean, from um, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: um, and there is cool always character. something a little bit. There's a little bit uh, of a meltiness to
1: the OG 13 headscarves. They're not. They're not sharp. <laughs> they're not sharp. It's cool that he's from Pittsburgh though, because you know we we also know a villain from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So that, that's yeah, makes, and they did some the great cool. stuff. Like the, the
0: helmets were basic, and they were kind of a one size fits all, um, and that was part of the appeal. But the modification parts was ingenious. Like old school GI Joe, at you know in 1982, was on the trajectory kind of of what a Marauder's Task Force is doing now. That you had a basic green man, but you had a helmet that each of them could use, but had modular attachments the weapons mm. were interchangeable you know like the back plugs were universal it wasn't like some figures had two back ports and so it, you took a unique style of backpack no the weapons could all be pooled and were community weapons ditto the equipment so while if you liked breakers like headset gear but you really wanted to give that stuff to the machine gunner you could you could just snap that off the the posts on his helmet and pop it into um into rock and rolls like that's that's kind of where gi joe was headed but then they decided hang on let's make these characters really characteristic let's make the uniforms really signature so that's when things kind of went off on a tangent but yeah at their base gi joe was seeming seeming to go down a very modular route with the figures Mm. anyways we talked og 13 enough gentlemen what are you watching what are you reading what are you playing robert tell me all about it.
2: so i started a a show this week also on net i mean basically everything i watch is on netflix uh mm. called it's a french tv show called the mantis it's kind of mm. like the the concept of i suppose that the main character is almost like a female um uh lector hannibal lecter but i mean she's not a cannibal but i mean she is a is, is a serial killer and She's been in prison for all these years and now suddenly a copycat killer has, has kind of like sprung up in, in France. And the lead detective needs someone he needs the information from her to kind of like figure out, you know, how are we gonna how how, how can I catch this person? You need to help I'll me. And then tell
1: you just bring me a croissant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the only way she will work with him is if her son um, is the person interacting with her? and and it's like a whole thing where they've all these years they've kind of kept the secret of um, uh, who she was. Um, no one knows that it's his mother. And so the, they're kind of as they're trying to like chase down the the copycat, there's also also this game of like trying to keep their connection um, uh, secret. You know, the, the mm-hmm. son and the, and, and the mother's uh, connection secret because then they, they'll kind of, like, bring up a whole bunch of complications for the son in his life and his wife. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting so far. I mean, there's some nice twists in the first couple of episodes. Um, would you recommend looking, I I, I, th- I definitely would. Um, I check if, you, if you don't it's mind cool. reading uh, subtitles, uh, I think it's definitely worth watching. And yes, I gave Star Trek or
0: Lamante Lamente. I think that's what it is in French. (laughs) I gave Star Trek Lower Decks another shot because it has run into a second season. right, got a second season. (laughs) I cannot recommend, man. What is it? It's just it's just not Star Trek-y enough to me. It's using it as a fun vehicle, but really it's just another zany wacky like a cartoon show adult cartoon show um in the same vein as harley quinn or rick and morty or adventure time it's just like eh, star trek has got such a distinctive flavor for me which is why modern trek like it's just like it doesn't ring true i'm like why would i watch an episode of discovery if there's a beloved episode of like next generation to watch. You can just watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> you can just watch that again. It's, you know, th- there's enough Trek out there, like that smacks of authentic Trek for me to stay there and never, never stray. So, like, mm. once again, I tried to talk to, I gave it a shot, guys. I really did. But Star Trek Lower Decks is a stinky fish. <laughs> I think the, the, the issue is
2: that, that they kind of have ideas for shows, but they don't want to just put them out there. They don't want the show to kind of stand on its own legs. They kind of attach it to existing properties. Um, I just don't like that it's so tangential, the connection, you know, that it it's, it doesn't even feel
0: like the original thing. Um, You know, you could use animation to do things seriously and keep the tone the same. And, you know, when there are general, like, like in Star Trek, there's lots of humor, but it never breaks its character in in, in pursuit of of laughs. Whereas mm. a cartoon show of the kind of genre that I'm listing, it's like, you know, it's got to be a gag a minute or a gag every 20 seconds. Like, either it's a visual gag or a scripting gag. It's like, Hmm. no, Star Trek never needed that. So you're really just sh- sh- you're shooting this, you know, like sci-fi adventure cartoon, funny show with Star Trek as this kind of vague backdrop to it. Like occasionally I mean, they, they they reference Kirk or Picard or um, Miles O'Brien got a mention in the last episode. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, remember this guy? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, <laughs> the humor
2: the can the humor is really good. I mean, like I I, watched, I recently watched an episode of um, Next Generation where. Riker was tasked with um, repairing a, I think it's a Stargazer class ship, and in, in get in kind of like military um, military games between uh, Riker's team and Picard's team, and um, there was an advisor on the ship who was amazing at this this um, this game Strategema or something, and he beats Data, and then Data suddenly doesn't understand why he lost, and he thinks the whole time that oh it's it's an you know it's a problem. With my programming i can't be trusted to to actually do anything after this you know um because there's something wrong with my programming everyone's telling him no you've just lost confidence in yourself you know he's like no but I, i can't be confident i don't have confidence i'm i'm you know i'm an android and then by the end of the episode he kind of figures out a different way of playing against this guy and he beats him but like also the whole episode long is is there's this great interaction between him and um dr Pulaski, which Poleski is like you got to beat him down, you got to knock his teeth out and stuff, something like that. And then by the end, he kind of like makes a joke of like, mm. well, it looks like I, I I beat him up or something like that. But I don't.
1: know. Uh, I'm probably watching your... this whole story,
2: but like it's Darren's just got your funny. back in the
0: comments. He says I busted him up, I busted him up.
2: Yes, <laughs> it's so good because like the whole time Poleski is like, oh, I don't like this man. You
0: got to bust him up real good, otherwise, you, you know, <laughs> we we got to take him I down can... a peg something that I can't give a firm recommendation to and this is something that Paul if you haven't seen it yet you should have because I'm sure it's in your YouTube recommends um mm. Adam Savage's tested okay oh, so yes. Adam yeah. Sag- Savage from Myth- Mythbusters uh mm. he tests a bunch of things in this particular episode he tests oh let me get this right a it is the first time he's ever built a Gundam and he starts mm. with a Incredible set, the Gundam Mm. Build RX-78, perfect grade, unleashed.
1: Yes, (sighs) yeah. Oh goodness!
0: If you're a Gundam fan, or (laughs) even if you're not, it's a very satisfying uh, video to watch because they take it from start to finish, and Adam Savage is blown away. You know, as a man who works in God. Yes, no. It's it's lovely to hear his views on this kit and how. Like, I think that my takeaway from it was that model kits, in his experience, were always, like, a mediocre to actually bad experience in the building to get a satisfying end product. But Mm -hmm. the way Bandai structure the builds with Gundam nowadays, and probably since, you know, maybe this is their core philosophy since they started with Gunpla, is that the build is satisfying, like things mm. click together in a satisfying way. Everything's machined so nicely to give you, like, page after page, parts after parts, runner after runner, like a very satisfying experience, which, like, kind of puts them in the same box as Lego.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. You know,
0: as a construction system, they've perfected, like, sprue runner kits to, to actually, like, give you the satisfaction that, like, building a Lego model does. You know I mean, the I, end I, result, I, but but I will mm, say it's mm. got one up on Lego, in that the end result is a far more intricate and playable, like mechanical construct, whereas mm. Lego I think sometimes the build eclipses the end product. It's like mm, that's done. It's going on the shelf now. I'm never gonna touch it again. <laughs> like that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah. No, like I was gonna say like with Bandai, uh i've got one of my first well actually my first official bandai kit was something called a yaku doga and it wait was paul from... did you see this did you watch the i the did episode? i did yeah and it was of fantastic course. that's actually why it was so cool to hear him talk about the meticulousness of bandai's sort of molding and machining process and and how difficult it is to do you know and, and it really makes you appreciate those kits you know like and the quality of those kits and also the price you pay for those kits i mean um, on average, uh, a Gundam kit is anywhere, uh, and I'm not talking about a perfect grade like the one he built, but on average, a Gundam kit is anywhere between, I'd say, $15 and $40, depending on what you're buying. Um, and within that price range, you can get, there's a full uh, sort of range of things from higher grades to real grades to master grades, which all are meticulously, you know, constructed and built and and, you know, conceptualized. Um, They just have different stages of sort of intricacy within their builds. So those are things you take for granted that he sort of put a spotlight on. And that was so great to hear. It was so cool to hear that actually making great model kits is quite a difficult thing to do. And um, yeah, that was it was it was actually very educational for me as well. I mean, I have an understanding of that, but him talking through it i was like wow and also just seeing him get so excited about it i mean i know that feeling that's how i felt uh when i and and that's what i'm gonna say now um that's how i felt when i built my first kit uh which was like that Yakudoga from shaw's counter attack it was just uh, it's not even a grade it's considered like um non- non-grade because any kit released in uh, i think that kit came out in 93 or 94 and i actually only built it in 99 that's when i actually got my hands on one and the first thing that hit me in the face was I took, I opened the box and there was a multicolored sprue there. There's a sprue with yellow, that sort of dark turquoise, some red, and and that was all on the same sprue. And when I put it all together, all it needed was like, in that time, a sticker or two to help it with the color separation, you know, and maybe just a little bit of brush painting here and there. You know, fast forward to now, you can buy a Gundam kit. and you can paint it if you want to, and I recommend you do because it's just a fun part of the experience. Or you can just get yourself uh, a nice set of Gundam markers or your favorite um, paint. You can get like two or three greys or whatever just to do in the little details. And that's it. You know, uh, I mean, and then if you get something like a real grade, you don't even have to paint it. They give you everything you need out of the box. It's just amazing. It's, it's incredible. And wow. Paul, do you have this perfect grade unleashed in your crosshairs at all? I do, you can't, sort of you can't do. not. Yeah. The price <laughs> the price the the price of it is prohibitive. Um not the price of the kit, the price of shipping it because the problem is, is I think the kit works out to two, not the problem. The challenge of the kit is that it works out to $270 more or less and to ship it here is like $150.
0: <laughs> so
2: yeah. Yeah, those I, boxes are absolutely huge. I mean and they're master heavy. grade is
1: big enough currently as it is. Yeah. I mean there's master grades uh, I mean, I, I've just actually just taken Master Grades off my radar for now anyway, because it's just you pay for the kit twice. Although it's very, I, I got to say, RX-78 is something I love very much. I love the original Gundam, Granddaddy Gundam. And I have a fair collection of RX-78s just because I've always loved the aesthetic. And this um, Perfect Grade, well, basically the version 2 of the RX-78 per- Perfect Grade or the Perfect Grade Unleash, that is that is a wish. A wish fulfilled right there it may even be the first perfect grade i actually buy so yeah it it's is on my radar it's got metal parts it's got a sprue yeah, it's got of etching metal... parts
2: yeah what Mental. i know instead
1: Anyways, of having to buy them separately it's it's incredible it's just
0: paul i know we're talking one of the three g's which means you could talk about it forever but in I case know, we still have any gi joe <laughs> hardcore still in attendance uh, <laughs> who don't give a shit about gundam Or the other g ghostbusters lordy don't get us started um shall we flip on to our topic or is there something you're burning to talk about that you've read or watched or played in the past week
1: paul oh guys uh i've had a pretty boring uh week in terms of watching and stuff i haven't had a chance to watch any tv series or anything i've just really had my hands full with work stuff um but i am really looking forward to i mean uh, well I saw that there were all, all the awesome powers and stuff and uh, and all that is back on Netflix, but i uh, re- would really like to sit down and watch those as opposed to just consuming them while I work. but yeah, guys, I really haven't had a chance to play games or anything. I think the most gaming I did this week was about thirty minutes of of Rockman Mega Man, and that means that I played Mega Man Three from beginning to the third part of Wiley's Castle, so that's about all I've done gaming wise <laughs> um. You know just went a little bit retro old school i know that's graceful uh, i know right but i can't uh, believe it's playing I with I the chatting... old stuff come on oh, i know but guys actually i was talking to jim godfrey the other day and he actually mentioned uh he's been playing a game called area 88 um in america the snes version of that is called us squadron or un squadron it's a very cool shooter from uh, on the snes uh, if you guys dig some retro gaming and you dig your jets and you dig shooters and you like upgrading your jets and choosing which missions you go on and kind of going all mercenary about it, that's a very, very cool game. Not an overlooked game. It's a very well-known and popular SNES game. But if you haven't heard of it, go and check it out. it will give you some old school giggles. Anyway, Funny yeah, you should neat.
0: mention Jim Godfrey's name. He was uh, a popular man in a YouTube comment thread which I'm dying for one of us to respond to. Turns out someone's after his uh, some assembly required, you know, when he was building like a, basically like a small diorama. diorama?
1: Yeah, yes, That's another thing of busy editing now. <laughs>
0: oh, very good. Lovely. Yeah. What a timious yeah. comment then. Yeah, man. Yeah. People
1: can't get enough of his sexy, sexy Jason Statham voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, and I'm so glad that it's picked up a bit of momentum because that's sort of slowed uh you know just put it out there that sort of slowed me down a little bit i kind of felt like the first two videos needed to get a little bit momentum uh, a little bit of momentum first Uh, otherwise i just felt like oh everything's here so now that we have like you know people asking and people commenting i'm like okay it's time you guys you guys can get it now because at least i know it's not just going to sit there on the internet and and vanish it's going to be like enjoyed so that's cool and now that we're
0: 60 minutes into a podcast How about we get into our topic? (laughs) (laughs) So the topic is, uh, as stated up front, but I'll remind you all because it's been a while, uh, the best appearances of certain G.I. Joe and Cobra adjacent characters. Uh, It's not always the comic book. Uh, mm-hmm. We decided to break it down as follows. We did three Joes, three Cobra ish, um, but we've also kind of <laughs> divided them by kind of levels of importance. Like a tertiary character would be, say, for the Joes, Shockwave, hey. Uh, a tertiary character for the Cobras would probably be Crocmaster. Master. Then in the middle, you'd have guys like, I suppose, Wild Bill. And if Cobra, can me think of it? Someone throw me a, a secondary Cobra character. Uh,
1: the uh, Dreadnoughts, blood. maybe. Wild, wild, wild. Blood. Firefly?
3: Firefly, <laughs> I, I, wild I, measles, I will sorry. accept
0: um wild weasel good one i suppose if you're thinking of wild bull you're thinking of wild weasel uh, and then obviously top tier would be your your snake eyes your scarlets your dukes your hawks hawk, hawk. yeah i suppose hawk would make the cut cobra commanders destro's um et all so we've come up with three three and three um and come on it wouldn't be gi joe if we didn't put scoop as our tertiary character gi joe <laughs> Well, Rob, you can lead the charge here.
2: Well, I, I reread issue 23 of Special Missions, and you don't get much of a feel for, like, kind of, like, who he is, I think, in there. I mean, the, the, I think the focus of that issue is more like getting an idea of Larry Harmer remembering all of these things that you did as as a team or as a, as a field operative to kind of be ready and be um, – uh, you know better at your mission and better at what you're doing out there you know all those kind of like those little like lingo the jingo and the, the whatever else that you need to know you know all the green tape and you have got to put green tape on this and that and you got to put your things in the different pockets you know because if you die um and he kind of gets a cool moment at the end where i mean he's very focused the whole time on kind of like uh you know he need his mission is to film he needs to do the filming He's still managing to help, you know, Tunnel Rat. He's, he's feeding Tunnel Rat the whole, whole story long. Feed me, Scoop, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a moment at the end where he kind of like, you know, he he knocks Iron Grenadier out and then he, he, he himself wakes up on the chopper and he's like, wait, I did a thing? Cool, I did the thing. Um, so you kind of get a little bit of a feel for him in there, but I think probably his... His shining moment, probably his only shining moment ever, would actually literally be Operation Firefly. Um Dragonfly? Dragonfly. Dragonfire? <laughs> oh, always get this. God damn, I always get that wrong. Dragonfly. Operation Dragonfly. Um Damn it. His- I
0: totally missed the opportunity to like just feed you the wrong name. And then you'd just be saying that this whole time. Like whole yeah, time. Operation Dragonfly? Dragonfly. Dragonfly.
2: Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Dragon... <laughs> Firefly? I know, I know, th- I know what series he's in. I know. I just don't know the name. Um, I think that that's probably his shining moment. His best moment is in that, where he kind of gets to, you know, beyond Cobra's side. He gets to turn to GI Joe and he kind of like makes better of himself. And you get a feeling for him as a person uh, more so in that than you do in the, the comic book. I think the comic book, as I said, was more of a focus of Larry Harmer sharing his knowledge of being a soldier, um, more but so than it would is. Would you say that Scoop's either of those shining moment?
0: would you say that either of those appearances ring true to like your conception of scoop or or were you always just making scoop Rob? And since neither of those are you immortalized in, you know, cartoon or comic book, like that, neither of them feel authentic to your, your vision of scoop.
2: I, I think Discuss. for sure, probably. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think it was Tim, uh, who did a video last year when he was here doing like top five, um, Um, moments for characters and for Zartan I think the the number five um, responses he got from his viewers was um, their own playtime you know that's the shining moment for a lot of people is the the own playtime they had with Zartan so I think if I was going to go completely meta I'd probably say yes me playing with Scoop is my best moments with him but yeah I think neither of those versions are more in line with necessarily who I see Scoop as um, you know as myself playing playing the character if if i could i'd would, I would say the shiny would be any time i played with him so oh
0: <laughs> nice but or um, are you oh, in the camp of the animation
1: um uh, for for scoop no <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know that uh, characterization that uh, rob is talking about from the comic book because i i did get a chance to dug it out um so that was cool i i thought that he was well represented there just for that moment because that little moment gave me a lot about his personality i was dragon fire is cool and everything uh well okay cool's not the right word dragon fire has an appeal um if it weighs you down enough for you to get there. <laughs> <laughs> um i just don't love scoops representation in that that much although it is leaps and bounds better than uh falcons representation in that show so Yeah, between the two, I still prefer the comic, even though that comic was a very, very small moment and it came way too late for a character like Scoop. I think Scoop should have had his moment much earlier. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. mm. The comment section is going to come
0: at me if I don't mention G.I. Joe Cobra, in which Scoop doesn't get a spotlight issue. He gets five spotlight issues. I have yet okay, he, to read that. I have not had a chance to see this yet. I, I'd be curious to get your opinions afterwards because it's, you know, as with everything in G.I. Joe Cobra, it's kind of harmonizing G.I. Joe tropes and characters and recognizable things with the real world, which can often make them completely unrecognizable. But I'll give you a little taste. In it, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative journalist who's kind of pissed off the wrong people and is now a private dick working in LA, now, a private investigator. <laughs> so I was being all like cool oh, and street snag. with my terminology. No, he's a, <laughs> a private eye watching you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> private eye. Um, continuing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's working this just sleazy biz for you know a kind of dead end for losers, but gets tapped by Hawk to get the scoop as it were on this cult um that has its base there um run by a guy called stephen Menasian, uh aka serpentor uh it's this kind of snake cult people kind of enter it for whatever people enter cults in la for like healing rejuvenation to run from the law whatever um and and people disappear into it and never never to return so he infiltrates this this cult um, with some rather surprising twists and turns but yeah like i said it's spread over five issues and it's pretty scoop focused um but yeah i think as with most things gi joe cobra it's so adjusted for real world that it loses some of the the, the fun of a gi joe's identity so it's while, while it is an excellent, excellent, um, mini series, it's a, it's a, it's a bitter pill to try and adjust your previous you know, understandings of the scoop character with it. So yeah, I'm going to go with Larry on this one. I think issue 23 of special missions is, is where I'm at. It also hangs nicely with his file card information, which is always going to be my, um, I don't know, primary desire Whenever I see a GI Joe represented in media, I'm like, "Does this contradict the file card, or does it work with the file card?" And it totally
1: works. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm I'm I, I'm gonna make that my reading this week. GI Joe Cobra.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm I'm the same because I thought that was all about sneak peek, to be honest. But now I want to check it out. <laughs>
0: or chuckles. Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously <laughs> chuckles. But I, I know that like the sort of. I just remember Sneak Peek getting quite a bit of work there. Um, although now that I'm thinking about it, maybe my, my memory is a little bit screwed with this because I recall there being something about some double agent and I think Sneak Peek is a spy or Scoop is a spy or something like that. Anyway, I don't want to spoil anything and uh, un, you know unintentionally spoil anything. But uh, yeah, I, I want to check that out now too in, in its entirety because I love the, the first two graphic novels that I read. So For but a anyway.
0: tertiary character on the cobra adjacent side of the fence it's metalhead
3: bang
1: paul i'm gonna hear from you first yeah Bang! bang.
3: bang. <laughs> okay
1: guys so like yeah i uh, when when we when got the toy and you actually read his file card which you know it's a 90s file card so it's like uh-huh, he still sounded pretty cool like pretty badass actually and i always had this like serious idea of him plus he's in the video game as a boss which kind of made him seem even more sort of, you know, devious. So that's how I always like. You're had stealing in my, my head. thunder,
0: Paul. You're stealing my thunder. That's <laughs> my, Sorry. That's my best appearance. it's fine. Um, it's my best appearance for Metalhead. The Ness game by Taxan. Thank you very much. Right.
1: No, because he is cool. Um, Although I did. So when I saw him in, in, the deke series i was like no, no 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 this is this is not how i imagined metalhead to be um i didn't like the idea that they just made him like that i, I get it for the cartoon side of things and i and i'm pretty sure there's people out there who love that he's all like bang 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 whatever's okay and that's cool but um, there's some later issues in the original gi joe run uh, and i think it's that whole there's like a ceasefire situation that goes down there. And I remember Metalhead being a little bit more psychopathic then. And I think I the like issue is actually that's... entitled Metalhead. This is in uh, Emirates of Benzene where yes. Metalhead,
0: he stages a one-man uh, kind of, I suppose, he's a patsy. He's uh, he's, he's got a delaying action um, on some G.I. Joe armor. And it's basically this an issue to highlight him. There it is. It's to highlight the importance of like infantry support to the armor. Mm. Like steelers being all cocky. We don't need you guys. You're just gumming up the works with your your hammer. And then Metalhead starts, you know, laying the pain, wrecking havoc with some anti-tank missile weapons. It has the only appearance of the pulverizer, I think. And it's basically just to be the butt of the
1: joke. It's like <laughs> the, the pulverizer got pulverized.
2: <laughs> yeah. got it. I, I
1: like that element of Metal Metalhead. It makes him seem dangerous and it's a great like sort of fill-in for a character like like Firefly, for example. Um, I don't know, I just I just dug like that because I like Metalhead. I think he's a cool character, I think he's a cool toy. And to have him represented the way he was in Deke upset me. And then when I got to that point of him in the comic book from reading the graphic novels, I was like, oh, thank God, he's actually really cool. So the comic will stick with me with that. Um, But thanks to the mystery brought on by the video game. So my favorite appearance is going to be the comic book for for that. That is a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I went
0: with Arctic Base Commando from Nintendo and Paul went with the comic book. Rob... Can you break the tie or are you going to add a third item into And don't say G.I. Joe Extreme because that's not the same Metalhead, okay?
3: <laughs> Metalhead! <laughs>
1: also, guys, don't you think instead of Bang, don't you think he's actually swearing? Like, there's a game called Loaded on PlayStation and there's a character called Vox. And mm. um, she's her, she's got weapons that fire off and they're all based on... on sound they all sound activated but they specifically keyed to swear words So <laughs> throughout the whole uh, in the game she's obviously not swearing you're just supposed to take that because they gave them all file cards uh, in the manual and um, so you're just supposed to take it as every time you're shooting she's just swearing like a machine gun would like you know swear if okay swore Paul, i of shot don't bullets. think
0: hasbro would have signed off on that and certainly the file card supports the fact that bang was the key word um so he better not be erroneously saying the word bang. That better like just not exist in his I just feel like <laughs> that's lexicon. like a
1: safety I think that's the safety thing for the fire card. Ben, I think he really does swear. Okay, I, well what is yeah.
0: what is his go to cuss of choice for letting off an
1: anti-tank missile? Dude, I don't wanna say it we're on air, man. I, I you know, there's kids that watch this thing and like you know, and but I think I've he spoken goes... to
0: their parents, and the parents are okay with the occasional F bomb. So go for it. Yeah, yeah, but say, no, 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 no. Yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> and then a tank is truly fucked.
1: Yeah, no, he's just like, yeah, I think he goes all like, like that Tourette's girl in the um, not another teen movie. You know, you <laughs> know what really, you've got your anime brain on. You're just
0: thinking of like this like flurry of missiles coming off from him, and he's just like, shit, fuck, motherfucker, die, kill. It's in
3: your brain's
1: <laughs> dead, cunt. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And there goes our... Yeah, oh. cats.
0: There goes our sway budget for the rest of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm daddy daycare at the moment. My cuss brain is turned off indefinitely. I, I'm sure one of you guys could have done a better job.
2: Well, I think... I mean, his... His appearance in the cartoon is, is so bombastic and so out there. Like, you finish watching Dragonfire, um, and I think it's the first couple of episodes after that from Deke that kind of introduced Metalhead into the series, and he's just so crazy. You just, I, I feel like you just can't help but like him because he's just so stupid and he's so odd. But then you read him in the comic books, I mean, with his introductory issue, um... Yes, I, like I mean, all the on. destruction that he does is um I mean, it's kind of pointless in the in the bigger th- in the bigger, you know, storyline where like now the wars ended and and whatever they just did to each other doesn't mean anything, but it still meant something in the moment where he kind of he he owns the Joes in in in, in that moment. Mm. Um he just completely he wrecks them. He bang-bangs them completely, you know, and, <laughs> and it just shows
0: how smart he is and how cocky he is. And it's an interesting David and Goliath reversal, actually, now that you you brought me to an interesting conclusion on that issue. That, like, typically we're seeing Joe as being the force that's outnumbered by a vastly, you know, more mammoth Cobra organization. Mm. But in this instance, you've got a lone Cobra operative or Iron Grenadiers operative um, fending off an entire, like, armored column of Joe's yeah and
2: all in his own attorneys. and he's he's completely planned it out and he knows and he has names for each of the 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 um you know the traps he set he's like okay I thought I got them in that one okay obviously I made a mistake there um and he tries to correct it after that i mean he's he's he comes across as exceptionally formidable um and the only thing that really stops him from actually obliterating the joes or the joes i mean obliterating him i mean i think at the last moment there, it's pretty it's pretty ambiguous. Um, is that the fact that the entire war is just stopped? You know, they've, they've, you know, the higher ups have come to an agreement. Cobra's got to get out. Joe's got to get out. And it's like, okay, then. Could he have won? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, and I, I like how, um, lethal he is in in that issue so i think i probably go with his his version in the comic books as well
1: yeah hell yeah (laughs) yeah because he's not that far away from being like the Soul viper he's just
2: i think so yeah um and even though i haven't read a lot of the later issues i did i did read up a little bit of about um kind of like how he is represented in the the comic books and i think he does go on to play a you know kind of maybe not a major part but he is he's kind of like a double agent he's working for destro always um mm. you know within the kerber hierarchy and he does kind of play a part as as the story continues on so he's not just a guy who blows stuff up um he's he actually plays a part in the latest stories in the comic books
3: Which bang says- bang
0: bye bye middlehead. <laughs> seems your finest hour is split um between comic and that one golden appearance in pixels oh yeah Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We oh, hey the secondary now. tier. Um, we're going to start off with Lady J. Ooh. War. War. I mean, she kind of straddles top tier and, and and second tier, but I've I've moved her into the second tier because, well, let's make things interesting, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. Let's not do someone else in the 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 vicinity of the the order of scoop. Uh, let's 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 move up a little bit higher to someone who has seen many an appearance i mean she was a sexy chick in retaliation she was uh working with flint to try and track down the renegade joes in renegades uh she's had a variety of different kind of takes on this character she's always been very proficient does it come down to comic book or cartoon for you can her immortal appearance in the sunbow animation like be usurped or is that kind of the lady j that always sticks in your mind with that yeah. pack, pack a day
1: kind of vocal um uh, delivery i i gotta say i really love her sunbow incarnation and i love i, I love it like i really dig lady j from Sunbow because she is such a well-handled character in that show that did lots of interesting stuff with her i mean last weekend we were talking about um that episode where she's you know sort of pseudo-related to destro and there's a whole cthulhu-esque creature in the pit and all of that they really did quite a lot of interesting stuff with lady j so you know in the cartoon she wasn't just like an appearance she was a proper full-bodied character and you know leading up to the show uh, Lady J as a character I didn't do any research on because I have like this connection with the character that I felt, okay, well, what's the strongest memory I have of her? And the strongest memory I have of Lady J is from the cartoon. It is from like episodes like Oda Cobra and um, that, uh, that episode with her and Destro. And there's just a lot of wind there for me, uh, for Lady J that I didn't need to reach anywhere else to try and find a better appearance. So for me, it's Sunbow all the way. Uh, just because they just nailed. Uh, let me rephrase that. They just got her right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they got her off right.
1: <laughs> I, I I would agree with
2: that as well. <clears throat> um, I was I was kind of like reading it, but bit beforehand, I, I don't know if it's true because I mean I'm, I'm never sure about Wikipedia pages, but she was created first for the cartoon. And then a year later, they they made a figure over, her, and then she was introduced into the comic books.
3: Hmm. No, I'm not sure if that's I, true I would or not.
0: Dispute that by just saying like obviously like you prepare the design sheets for your figures before uh, before you actually start tooling up the plastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where and I'm. The I'm
2: kind of thinking as well. I think obviously like like uh, chronologically, she her first appearance may be in the cartoon. Yeah, but they it was had, in um, been in development.
0: 1984's *The Revenge of Cobra*, aka *The Weather Dominator*.
2: Yes. So, mm. I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I think Wikipedia, maybe the person, whoever, it, they're just going chronologically. Oh, she first appeared here, then that means that that's you know where she comes from. Um, but I think yes, the toys generally do precede the the cartoon. You know, the cartoon is kind of like feeding off the toys. Like we, we need to make ads for the for the newest figures that are coming out. So. Of course, we're going to put Lady Jane because she's coming out next year.
0: Um hmm. I uh, actually Sunday... is going to assist us in the comments. Like, like there's oftentimes a two year lead time. Yeah, um, certainly. I mean, if you go I'm back sure. to the history of GI Joe, they they had everything ready to go, and then they waited a further year. I forget the exact reason, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were the GI Joe could have had a 1981 release. But they didn't mention how different things
1: would have been. Also, also worth mentioning, um, and this may seem like a pretty stupid thing, but the toy of her has it designed with a cap, with a with a little peak cap, and the animation version doesn't. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, you know, that the figure came first and blah blah blah. But animating caps and hats and stuff like that in an animation series is like a pain in the butt. Um, especially when you're trying to do a female character uh, at least in my experience and at least what I have experienced you know uh, sort of on the tertiary level uh, so I feel like she was made as a toy first like just to just get yeah. something to I mean point. well I was just gonna
2: add that in there I mean I just
1: mm. I, it's it seemed interesting
2: that they kind of mentioned that up front but mm. um but I think they really get her in the Sunbow cartoon I mean mm. she's probably one of my favorite characters I mean yes I only watched the cartoon for the first time a couple of years ago um you know as we started um, doing episodes about the, the mini series and then eventually obviously we, we kept going and i just kept watching it um but she's featured quite a lot and she's a really cool character in there um and definitely some of my favorite episodes like the the, the toy master one whatever that one's called um oh, yeah. is an awesome episode i mean the games master the games the master, games master. <laughs> um that's probably one of my favorite episodes. Flint Dilly episode. Check out
0: Future's <laughs> interview of Flint Dilly.
2: Yeah, go check that out. Um, but, yeah, I think that's my favorite version of her. I mean, I don't think I've read enough of the comic books to see her featured in there much. Um, but the version I remember is the Sunbrook cartoon. Um, she definitely leaves an impression. And she's like the Hawkeye. I mean, you know, like that, that quiver of spears is freaking amazing.
0: She's always got something ready.
1: No, she is. And that's isn't an daring. episode.
0: I think it's. I think it's um uh Cobra's candidate, where it's basically the girls' girls' mission. Uh, it's mm. Lady J and Scarlet, and I love how they aren't just the same character in different skins. Like there's a point where they're scaling extensive enterprises like corporate headquarters, and uh, Scarlet. As a far easier time. Like, she, they, they both get chucked out the window, basically, to their deaths. Uh, Scarlet manages to save herself a lot easier than Lady J, which is, it's cute. I mean, like, they both have this, their unique strengths. And, and fortunately, you know, Spider Man antics are, are more Scarlet's thing. But Lady yeah. J does kind of save herself in fine style. So I think it's uh, the cartoon show is going to sweep the boards. Um, I, I think like. I just got to come back to that vocal delivery. It's just, it's kind of, it's mature in ways that I want a a, other depictions of lady J to be like, Uh I'd love, I'd love the female characters in GI Joe to not be cast young and sexy. I mean, they can be sexy, but make them slightly more mature, more seasoned women. Um, the tendency in Hollywood is always to have eye candy, of the younger, like the early twenties yeah, kind of variety, yeah. I'm thinking early to mid 30s is very acceptable as 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 your leading lady. And I wish, I wish GI Joe had the kind of the, the credibility to cast that way, you know, it's, to cast. Oh, it'd be fantastic! I hope smart, they do that as opposed to cast. <laughs> yeah, well, here's to hoping. But to cast smart to, I- instead of casting sexy. Mm-hmm. Because you can have it both ways, but yeah, I don't know. Like, ha ha. Should, should, we, should we? can we say that Adrian Paliki, in spite of being a, a a honey, um, and there are a few not not safe for work pictures of her lurking around if if that's your thing. Um, she was not right. She's probably the worst depiction of Lady J.
1: She's more scarlet than Lady J. In a lot of, in my opinion, or more cover goal, actually. Yeah. Gaz. Uh, <laughs> guys just kind of brought up a, a picture um a picture guys uh, guys commented here he's like do you like the sunbow look over the actual figure guys i'm going to speak for me here yes i prefer the sunbow look over the actual figure that's why i love the modern era version that they did for the 25th anniversary sort of uh seven pack there's a lady jay in there that doesn't have the hat and i love the face sculpt on that and i that is like my my personal number one lady jay uh figure um, even over the vintage. Can you believe it? Um, but I still love my vintage Lady J. Just Oh, I,
2: I, I love my vintage Lady J very much too. She's absolutely <laughs> amazing. She's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think the I mean
0: they're both good looks for the character, I think. Mm. Um I'm gonna be the dissenting opinion and say nope, it's the classic action figure appearance over the cartoon appearance for me. Okay. For a simple but very important factor, Lady J is a tall action figure. She is taller than her paramour, Flint. So any depiction where Lady J is not taller than Flint does not ring true to me. I like the idea of the fact that Flint, in spite of being such a like ladies' man, uh, has not got a problem with dating a woman who looks down on him.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. tough.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I th- I think Paliki's actually taller than DJ Catrona. Mm. Uh, I m- I might be way off, but like DJ l- gives me the vibe of someone who's short. But i like I say, I might be way. Off. <laughs> the, the problem with Hollywood is like they skew your perceptions so badly. Um. Anyways, uh, if they got that right, then points in favor of retaliation. I guess. Hmm. Shall we continue, gentlemen? Yes. Heck let's yeah. do so. onto a second tier Cobra character, which this is kind of controversial. I don't know if he is second tier, but uh it's Zartan. Why? He's the evil master of disguise. Zartan changes color right before your eyes. Zartan!
2: Zartan! Zartan!
1: I <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, so, like, Steve, I think this one, you should come up first to bat. I, I can already well, tell you which version he likes.
0: Okay, okay. Points It's going to be the
2: action force. The action force version <laughs> is the <laughs> most true to him because he's a mystery. And he, you know, he sees a crazy yes. person. You don't know anything like about werewolf.
0: him. He's a werewolf. Okay, I, I rest my case. Except, can you can you recall which uh, arc of the uh, uh action uh, force comic? Mm, it was called specifics... Operation Snakebite. Ah, darn it! I think it was the first. That was on the of tip Zard's of my hand. tongue. But yeah, it's certainly that that presentation of him is, in my opinion, and it might be my opinion alone, uh, the very best. Um, interpretation of the character. Uh, I mean, he's got such a rich backstory, and he, it's exceptionally well written, and, and it a, forms a vital part of the whole Harmaverse. Um, but I feel like I almost want to forget all that. <laughs> like, there's a there's a purity that you lose by having everyone, uh, you know, be six degrees of separation from Snake Eyes. <laughs> and, and Zotan, Z- Zotans in that camp you know it's too too much soap opera l- writing for for my liking okay. yeah keep him keep him mysterious and murderous and like a, a vicious swamp creature anyways on to the next gent
1: I'll take it from here um okay so here's a character that has impressed me in pretty much every incarnation of his uh, of media that he's in- appeared in and He's appeared in a lot. I mean, pretty much every single cartoon uh, for G.I. Joe has featured Zartan in in some form or another, except for Extreme and obviously um, the um, the other one with the World War II vibe. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, Action Force, wow. Uh, What an impressive uh, Zartan. I remember, Steve, when you showed it to me the first time, it completely changed my whole view on Zartan. I was like, oh my God, this is just, this is incredible. This is... Even the way it's drawn, everything in that Action Force uh, issue was just fantastic for Zartan, and I really, 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 really love it. But the incarnation that just wins it just a little bit, and it's it's funny that um, you mentioned Homer. I have a deep fondness for that run. Uh, I believe it's like issue seventy. Uh, it's it's about ten issues from issue seventy to about issue eighty-one, eighty-three around there. It could be off a little bit. But it's basically Zartan trying to find some form of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's redemption. Uh, he's sort of coming to terms with what he has done, who he is, all that stuff. I really, really Ooh, love that. I'm thinking it's
0: more in the 90s. Is like it, it 85,
1: be... 85 was SFX, which is the, sil-
0: the second silent issue. Or was it the right. third? Anyways, it's the one where Zartan is trying to kill Storm Shadow. Um, yeah. so by the time you get into the 90s it's 90 or 91 yeah when he assumes the the the, the blind master's um,
1: identity yes. yeah mm-hmm. okay so like i really love that it stuck with me i thought it was some of the coolest uh writing that i had encountered in the comic book i just really loved the arc i love this character uh zartan being as tortured as he was and although not uh, and arguably you know, we can all argue about when the best appearance of Zartan in the comics is. That's just what makes him stand out for me. I mean, there's other great moments when he takes out Serpentor. Uh Zatan in the Marvel run is fantastic. I absolutely love that version of Zartan, And it's literally just a hair above the Action Force interpretation of Zartan, which in itself is just a hair above the Sunbow interpretation. Um I just, I love those, but my absolute favorite is his, is his comic uh, appearance. So good. So, so cool. Uh, and I suppose just, there are just... still some mysteries to Zartan.
0: Mm. While we know his dealings with the Arashikage and his involvement there, we still have no idea, like, where he got his military training. Because it's mm-hmm. been said before, he's not just a, you know, a biker thug. Like, he's mm. perhaps one of the, the most competent field commanders, like, Cobra's ever had. Mm-hmm. like he's led troops in the field he's led tank divisions in the cobra island civil war and uh, he was a great success uh kind of rose out of uh, out of all the the the, the, the higher-ups and and kind of became the top dog and a, a potent guys. like act of god yeah like mm. if you want someone taken I mean, out yeah
1: yeah no that's the thing he's just He's such a great character and he's just so well handled across different media. I mean, even in Renegades, love love it or hate it, um that that version of Zartan is actually pretty cool. Like he's just he's just so creepy. And the toy Resolute. was actually No, Renegades. Renegades, Renegades. Renegades. Like and that version of the toy is actually really interesting. It's got the light piping and everything. It's just a pity it doesn't have the articulation that it deserves um the renegades version i mean the resolute version is also awesome and in my opinion sports one of the best looks for his toy probably my second favorite next to the original kind such of tech cool. out eh? Hey? yeah ticked out and also just psychotic i mean like at that point in that he's just lost his mind and it's just such a great like take on him um sure. this...
0: one note though he's like it is just it is. like baddie there's no other dimension to him but in its defense like if you had to deal with the entire gi joe mythology in like five minute bites you can't really pay respects to everyone and no, their true. complexities yeah
1: and rob who do where do you feel zata and sean brightest for you i want to say the movies because
0: because <laughs> 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 i absolutely <laughs> love <laughs>
2: arnold so um, good. Cool boy. Even though he, you know, he he appears in the first movie, but he hardly appears in the second one because he's like the bloody president for the whole thing. Um, mm. But I th- and it was an interesting portrayal of the character. I mean, you kind of get a, a little feeling of his craziness. I mean, he's got that stupid whistle that he does the whole
0: time. Um, he kills Covergirl. Um, yeah, there Dude. it is. You know that I take it as red that Zartan is actually South African? Like... Please, please, just give us one and give us the best one, please. I you think know, he should be. I, I mean, I think one of the best connection is my, my <laughs> favorite, like little nugget to take from GI Joe's abortive cinematic. But, like, <laughs> one of the best. I mean, that one.
2: <laughs> one of the best versions of the toy, I think, is the Arnold Varsley, um, the one you know that has the Arnold Varsley face. I think, I think that's definitely one of the best versions. Um, well, Steve should does like, be such tribe type figure. Yes, that, that one. Of the I think that's probably. Ten, but with Fosliu's head, yeah. I think that's one of the best. Uh, and it's just mm. so cool to have an African playing this character. I just wish they could have had him play him more, like uh, you know, like the version that he is, perhaps in Action Force. Um, yes. Even though I haven't read the Action Force comic books, Stephen has hyped this thing up forever, and no. the, the kind of the way that he 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 kind of like goes on about how. Um, how psychotic Zartan is in there, how mysterious he is. He feels like he would be the version that I would like the most. Um, if only they would draw him more like Arnold Voslie, then I would definitely be behind that. I think maybe this week I'll spend a little time reading Action Force. Um, try to find the snake snake fire um issues. Snake bite. Snake or oh, snake bite. Snake there fire. you go. Snake fire.
1: <laughs> snake fire. If you have snake fire, you need to see the doctor, <laughs> dude. <laughs>
2: Um, I'll spend a bit of Snag time fire. finding that, um, and yeah, and obviously Cobra, JJ Cobra, so I can read Randall, more about Scoops. Randall, Randall, more. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Habib Marwan.
2: Uh, still my favorite movie. of his performances um, from from 24 season four, where he plays Habib Marwan, uh, a Middle Eastern character, where he basically just. He just has Jesus his South accent. African accent up there. Yeah, and because he's tanned was, was enough, first, he looks
0: Middle Eastern. That was my first <laughs> blushing with 24. Nice. Arnie. Lekka. Guys, <laughs> we're into the, our top tier characters. And I swear, we better like ham it up for the rest of the episode. Like, we got to talk thick South African accents. Okay.
1: Yeah, Proper boots no now, no, China. I want you to say E-Lekka. it in your South African accent. Harrogs. Harrogs. Horogs role and chucks, no, and chucks, in
0: smur. Okay, coronavirus. <laughs> Guys, um, <laughs> who was it who selected Baroness as our top tier Cobra operative? Because that's, was I think it was Paul. Yeah,
2: it makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, bravo, Paul. Baroness, Ayy. you can't do a GI Joe or Cobra story without it having their premier bad bitch um so here we go um what is your favorite incarnation of this leather clad or sometimes not clad in leather um femme fatale and guys um,
1: i'm yeah. gonna ask if i can go first for this one but you carry on sorry you're welcome to ask <laughs> you and, go the, i have to go first because it is celia's birthday today and i immediately ah. after this i do have to go and jump off and meet her and her folks for lunch celia so just, can get so you just off. arrived so, <laughs> so i do
0: apologize that's um, fine paul let's wrap it up oh, we've we've chewed enough okay uh, baroness um baroness. is it comics oh. cartoons narrow it down for us paulie is oh, it dude sienna miller you know i love that version of her no it's gotta be the worst and i'll tell you why i'm gonna feed you your opinion the reason she's called baroness she's called baroness only because part of her cover was to... Well, part of her infiltration job was to marry a baron. The dude who had that science, that lab where they
1: weaponized the the nano bombs. Yes. Like, yes, that's no, the only
0: reason she's called Baroness.
1: And that's I'll finish nice. my sentence with of the movie action figures. <laughs> because that's the only version... That's the only way that the toy version is even... Remo- I mean, that the movie version is even remotely redeemable from the, the first Rise of Cobra, is that I thought her toy was actually pretty cool. Aside from that, actually, what is important for a for good old Baroness? It's two words, ladies and gentlemen, Morgan Lofting. That woman brings such a gravitas and such a presence to Baroness on the, uh, in the animation series that I have been crushing on both Baroness and Lady J for such a long time, since first seeing them in the cartoon, uh, notably Order Cobra that uh, I cannot divorce myself from the Sunbow version of Baroness. In fact, the Baroness in the comic books is still the Sunbow version for me, <laughs> okay? That's <laughs> how it is. She's such an amazing, imma- I love Baroness. I think what a complex villain, just what a terror. like wonderfully complex villain that uses everything that a woman has um, as a villain. And it just makes it so great. And they managed to get that right in the Sunbow show as well, if you can read between the lines, and I'm pretty sure that that was intended. So I'm going to say "Sunbow Version." Uh, it's a hair about the comic, and I uh, resolute I like the version and Resolute a bit, although I just felt she was also a little bit one-dimensional, but she was. Nah, still cool.
0: she, her and Destro were just thugs, man.
1: Yeah. Like, just
0: that was a, perhaps a yeah, nah, that was a bit of a weak use of those two characters all they did were just i mean they they were basically throwing themselves in harm's way it's not a, a, a yeah they were a bit joking hardy now that you mention mentioned it for well, it's not a smart mm-hmm. thing for cobra high echelons to do like they did yeah. not need to be like i mean it's, it's just i guess resolute was just trying to get as many named faced characters to kind of face off against each other you wanted that boss battle between stalker and his team and Destro and Baroness, but yeah, no look. Ah. And what did you oh, think of their redesigns or these
1: Baronesses? I
0: love Destros. More...
1: I'm not so big on the. Uh, in on the weird, gray, in, in the animation, it looks fine. But translated to a toy, it looks terrible in my opinion. Um, so, I don't love it. I just appreciate that they tried to do something different.
0: Um, Paul, but, you said but... something about reading between the lines. Do you think mm. in the cartoon series Baroness was? Sex and Destro
1: and Cobra Commander? I get a bit of that feeling, yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah, I do get that she's playing that up. And I also get the impression that, um, like, uh, also that they they play on Destro being a bit of a philanderer as well. And uh, that wouldn't piss her off if she wasn't already in some form of a deep relationship with Destro. Um, And then Destro also seems to get a bit funny when the Baroness shows attention to anybody else, namely Flint which is also quite an interesting
0: uh, yeah and i love uh, devil's that. due decided to to lure in some uh, extra comic book readers by playing up playing for, that one up. A, a, no. a potential flint and baroness romance but actually it was just her kissing flint to piss off lady j it just happened at the end of an issue like that's but big just, time and anticlimaxic right
1: there like that's some serious blue ball shit buddy <laughs> yeah, and she will do that shit, man. That that's the thing that's cool about her. She knows how to use her weapons, all of her weapons. And I dig that. You know, she knows how to weaponize herself and I've got a lot of respect for that character. But like I said, it comes a lot of it comes <laughs> from because she uses her sex as a weapon. No that's, that's something it's not, you it's... have
0: respect for the character.
1: I have a respect for the fact that she knows that she can be charming, um, that she can be devilish, that she can be seductive, and that she's also really dangerous with a machine gun and um, also has a long history of terrorism and, you know, uh, but I want to say saboteering because uh, I can't think of a better way um, to think of that word right now. I just love that. She just sabotage. knows how to use... She just Yeah, sabotage. Yeah, there we go. Her, her history of sabotage and terrorism and violence and... It's great. It makes her a very cool villain. Um, she doesn't have many lines that she won't cross. And that's. Uh, it's also cool that in a lot of ways, she's kind of the polar opposite to Lady J. Because Lady J would do the same. It's just Lady J has got the sort of uh, well, moral ground that she stands on. But anyway, let's not get too deep into that. Best version mm, of her uh, for me. I don't is know, man. If, if you're working as a deep
0: cover operative and you're a female... I think that's a line that that you kind of as part of your job you're likely to cross. Oh no and no, I'm not no Lady no, no that's not
1: crossed it. <laughs> I no no, I just don't think Lady Lady J is as vicious as Baroness is. I'm talking about like I think uh, the Baroness to maintain cover would happily kill people no problem, that kind of thing. Should happily blow up an orphanage, that kind of thing. Lady J would not blow up an orphanage in, deep in cover, but she would definitely use her feminine wiles uh, because that's tradecraft. That's what you do.
0: And Rob, Maybe. your best interpretation of Baroness is from... Uh, Snake Older Eye's 9. origin, Double of course. 00, 007. <laughs> 007.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: from K&S. She is a fantastic version, actually, of Baroness, if you think about it um mm-hmm. i think they definitely borrowed a lot from her character um it's it's interesting to just say kind of like she is definitely a top tier character because even when you don't show any other cobra characters you show baroness and that's what they did in snake eyes you know a, a gi joe R- origin movie snake eyes um she's the only cobra character in that whole movie um but she's kind of like the stand-in for the whole of cobra and i thought that was really cool um and they kind of say that she's like murderous and she can do anything um, and she will do anything to kind of like get her objectives finished and done, which kind of feels like it's in line with other versions of her. Um, but I think definitely her comic book version because I mean they give her a lot of stuff to do in the comic books. Um, it's often her kind of like pushing and you know, uh, pushing where things go, um, especially with with Fred Seven. You know, she realizes that this isn't Cobra Commander, but once she realizes she doesn't take him out of play she kind of leaves him in play and re- you know it's like kind of like the power behind the power and kind of like pushes forward with it and and all of the other crazy things she does in the comic books um she does a lot of stuff and i think the comic book version is is, is the best version i mean she has such a history and so much stuff happens to her and she does a lot of stuff um
0: the mind games of it all i mean she's mm. she's creeping with fred 7 but Destro still wants to get a piece of that. Like, yeah. he invades yeah. Cobra Island to take her back. Like, that's that speaks to how good, you know, the, the juice <laughs> is definitely worth the squeeze, my friends. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think because of your reasons, I'm going to offer a contrasting opinion, Rob, that mm. for all the info and insight we get uh, into Baroness in the comic book, is almost too much. Once again, it's a case of like six degrees of separation from Snake Eyes. Her mm-hmm. older brother was killed in Vietnam. Snake Eyes got pegged for it, um, and that's why she has this kind of feud with Snake uh, and anyone attached to him. So she guns down Scarlet. Like it's very soap opera writing, and it kind of dilutes the purity of of Baroness's ruthlessness. Um, mm. There are times when she's played for laughs, even. And that's okay, man. A comic book has a long lifespan, and it can't always be best hits. But getting back to Battle Action Force, there is a plot arc called the Baroness, which serves to introduce her as, you know, her early career. Um, and hats off to the, the 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 Action Force writers for dealing with characters in turn like that, because this this is happening back in 1984 or five. So, early doors, and they decided, like, let's give this character her spotlight. Uh, it was 1985, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyways, they dealt with her her early induction into Cobra, that she was uh, radicalized. She met up with other kind of European um, youths, and they were blowing up oil refineries and just causing... You know, the winds have changed to blow throughout uh, Eastern and and probably Western Europe as well. Um, Her name back then was Anna von Stromberg, which Mm. is a a name that I prefer to use because when all said and done. The name that has been canonically adopted as Baroness, if you go back into the history of that name, Anna de Cobre, it actually was a joke. And I think the name has stuck and the joke has actually been forgotten because we spoke about this in episodes past, like it's major blood checking her into the, the, the burn reconstructive Institute yes. in Switzerland. And he's and like he, scrambling he for name. an alias because she can't speak for herself. And you know, the guy's asking, so what is the name of the patient? Uh, Anna, uh, the, de, the, de, de, de so, Yeah, And that is now, now Anastasia de Cobre is, is taken as red that it is her name. And I'm like,
3: mm, okay, okay. It's a
0: joke. Just in the midst of time. But uh, anyways, Anna von Stromberg for me. Hats off once again to the, the folks at Battle Action Force. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Like, check out Blood for the Baron, guys. It's all there for free. And guess what? You might even read some issues that were colorized by Mr. Bart Simon himself. Hey. Hey, Bart. All right. Our final best appearance candidate its first sergeant code Named duke oh my goodness Who is, it comic, is it coming discuss
2: is it channing tatum <laughs> it's definitely not channing tatum <laughs> he, he's just i don't know he feels like he's playing himself in that movie or kind of sort of generic superhero soldier man in that movie so he yeah, absolutely I don't... did not
0: want to make that movie. I mean behind the scenes, like he was he was contracted to Paramount for X number of pictures, and so they made him do G.I. Joe. It was like you you gotta do this. We don't have anything else for you.
2: Um sorry. <laughs> You're screwed. I'm trying to like think off of offhand like sort of really like compelling like storylines in the comic books, and I really can't really. I think he's kind of just around. Um and then Devil's Do kind of makes him more into like a, a spy. Um and that doesn't feel really right. I think I'd probably say the cartoon. The the cartoon kind of captures his his patriotism. Like he, he is not he is a super soldier in a way.
0: Um and it's his he patriotism the, the immortal battle cry. Yes. I mean, Michael, Michael Bell's voice is what I hear when I hear Duke. Yeah,
2: same. I so... think I think they got him right in the cartoon. I think you said oh, at, the, at, the, at the, the front of the show um, that Larry himself kind of struggled with, with Duke and trying to, like, characterize him. Um, and he, he couldn't do anything with him, or he didn't feel like he could do anything with him. And I think the cartoon, because of the, the setting and because of the tone of the cartoon, they could just go... Ashley balls to the wall with this American hero, Duke.
0: Fun fact: so Michael Bell did the Yo Joe! that kicked off the, the the cartoon opening. Yeah. But then in season two, when it's Flint pointing, or not season two, I should say, um, uh, the uh, the further adventures of GI Joe. You know, when mm-hmm. the, when he's pointing at the gigantic blue cobra monolithic airship. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. It's it's Flint obviously doing the pointing and the yelling, but <laughs> it's still Michael Bell's voice. So it's still, <laughs> still Duke. Flint is a. Uh, they is, probably tried m- to get, get get the voice actor to do it, but they were like, mm, okay,
2: it doesn't sound as good as Duke's version, Michael Bell's well, version. Bill, well, Bill
0: Ratner's got a terrific voice, but I think they were just like, we've got it in the can already. Like, a guy yelling Yojo is a guy yelling Yojo. Um, Mm. but yeah, it's, it it is a funny little bit of trivia that it's, it's kind of lip synced. Ah, wow. Okay. I think it would have to go for Sunbow for me as well, except there is a standout moment in, uh, Larry's run, which if you think it feels like an episode of the cartoon, there's a reason for that. It's the Russ Heath illustrated issue 24, the commander escapes in which, it it is a, a Duke showcase, I'm gonna say, because he's leading the mission, he's interring the the prisoner, he's very much point man on the entire issue. While it does highlight roadblock um, facing off against Storm Shadow and Gung Ho getting slashed in the back, like it's it's lovely to see Duke in a kind of a more commanding role. He's cool, he's calm, he's calculated. He's got some aces up his sleeve. He's got a a hidden Skyhawk in a crate um, to shoot down. Cobra Commander's uh, escape vehicle.
2: Yes, I which, remember this.
0: Yeah, and and the reason it feels cartoonish is because Russ did the design sheets for Sunbow, so everything is pretty much on model to the way it looks in the cartoon. Hmm. So if you can imagine Michael Bell's voice as Duke in that issue, that's that's Duke's best appearance for me. And I don't think he's necessarily topped that. He just, there's got to be a feel of like a veteran soldier. It's never going to be the Channing Tatum <laughs> um, <laughs> appearance. And by the same token, like modern animation approaches, like Sigma Six, you know, Duke's always going to be front and center. But they've de-aged him. Same with he, re- uh, very young Renegade. in
2: most appearances. Yeah, so.
0: he's 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 young. He's wet behind the ears. That's often a plot device. No, that's not Duke. Do that to anyone else. Do that to, you know, all the kind of the young men populating G.I. Joe. Because let's face it, like, you know, you and I are not young men anymore, Rob. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the entire G.I. Joe roster, save for a handful, are now our junior uh, age. So, like, it's okay to play the tropes of, of inexperience, even for, like, a hardcore combat unit guy. But that's not Duke. Duke's always got the answers. Um And if he doesn't, he sure as hell convinces everyone else that he's got the answers. Yeah, uh, he'll figure it steer, out. He, that's what a good answers. master
2: sergeant does. You know, he kind of takes control of a situation. I think, and kind of like yep. keeps people motivated and keeps them going. I think if Paul was here, he would agree it was the cartoon one. So I think I definitely win this round.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and something tells me that resident uh, uh, Duke aficionado Diana Davis would also probably fall in line with uh, Sunbow. Though, as I say, Duke's had some interesting strings added to his bow in recent comic book exploits. Like, did you know that he had a wife um, hmm. before he joined G.I. Joe? And she had been um, captured, presumed dead, all the time that he'd been serving as a Joe, and then suddenly kind of steps back into his life. Hey. That is wild. I I, know.
2: I have to do a lot more reading. I, I have so much to read now. Okay, so I need to read all of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, uh, <laughs> Battle Action
0: Force, and G.I. Joe Cobra. Indeed. Uh, and I'm going to address something. Bart in the comments is is uh, indicating that, yes, uh, De Cobra is now indicated on... Baroness's file cards. I'm still going to stick with my guns that this is a joke that just got carried too far to the point where, like, the origin of the term is forgotten and it's just taken as uh, that that that's her name that that's is actually, actually I, her, would, I would probably her agree with that.
2: I I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be surprised if going forward on Snake Eyes's uh, file cards they actually put his real name as Snake Eyes, based off uh, Snake Eyes the Origins movie. <laughs>
3: hmm because mm-hmm. that's his name
2: that's his only name in that movie a snake so from now on file name will be
0: eyes snake <laughs> <laughs> do we oh. have time for a little bit of postbox the pit heck yeah dude so let's rip open postbox the pit uh with our wish lists once again we are eventually getting through all of them uh facebook as i said was the most numerous and we've left it till last we started the first i suppose third last week Let's do the next third. We got our buddy Rob Walsh, who we met that fine day at Kokomo Toys, who mm. says very succinctly, well, we're already getting a six-inch classified barbecue. So this is it. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably <laughs> die happy. Uh, he, he basically answered his question with a, a a gif or a gif, whichever you prefer. Um, yeah. So Rob's happy, very thrilled to get his uh, six-inch Barbecue though, I'm always gonna think. Wouldn't you be happier with a six-inch cutter? I mean, if they're doing barbecue, they might as well. They might as well like, get around to him. Yeah, they're going deep on the roster. Come on, skip a stone. What's his secondary specialty? He's like a Girl Scout coach or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, soccer coach for girls. Like it's, I distinctly something remember something like that. that. He's a sports. He's a sports coach, like for a, a girls' team. <laughs> <laughs> magnus lauglo the brick master he says that there are five toys i wish hasbro would produce for the three and a quarter inch scale the cobra transport helicopter oh yeah it's popular um that was uh, from the early ARR run purple or possibly black i would say also the asp blue would work for that Cobra helicopter. Anyways, mm. that's that would actually be my preference now that I think about it. Um, his next pick, the Silent Castle, Wink Emoji. Uh, then re-release the <laughs> Mauler MBT as a completely remote control tank, rotating turret, elevating gun, each track independently powered, etc. Adding some sound effects for good measure. Well, obviously, fans have come to the party big time. Mauler Joe and uh, oh shit, I'm blanking on the name. Ah, it's actually my the top of my list on my suggested videos. <laughs> it's Action Robot Punch. And the video's Action title Robot is Punch. G.I. Joe Remote Control Mawler Tank DIY How-To. <laughs> Can't get more perfect than that. All right. A large, getting back to Magnus's list, a large assortment of battlefield positions that could be used to create a big base or several small ones ideal for outdoor play, dioramas, or just a little world building. (gasps) How cool is that? That sounds
2: awesome. I'd love to get that.
0: Definitely something a Lego fan would come up with. I mean, that yeah, that's something that G.I. Joe once had a glimpse of with the sort of the the battle stations like Checkpoint Alpha, Machine Gun, Nest, all that stuff. Um, The bivouac. But yeah, getting some of that back just the world building would be so rad. Mm. Mm. And affordable too. Like a small set. Ah, Those are sometimes the best things. Like everyone says the flag. But for me the highlight of 1985 was like checkpoint alpha. <laughs> 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 totally not the ma- mauler. Uh, no, <laughs> okay. A pack or box set of Joes in outfits that, f- that featured in the original a comic but they never got three and three quarter inch treatment. Gung Ho in his jungle greens. Dusty in his green and tan camo. Hit and run in his winter gear. Quick kick in the all black with a knit cap, etc.
2: <sighs>
3: yes, That
0: could be
2: something cool. Uh, I, I like it when they do like variations on a character's outfit or like a version you haven't seen yet. I think it definitely adds it adds to your enjoyment of the, of the comics because you're like, I have that version from the comic
0: books now. Totally. Though there are some lazy boy customs that are easy to make. Like, for instance, I'm dying to try uh, General Flag's black bomber jacket with flint to make a mm. winter jacketed flint. You know, if you want to put flint in a winter setting, you don't have to, like, repurpose a snow job. Well, you couldn't. It's a different articulation style. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just... That winter bomber jacket of of General Flags from 92 is That perfect. would suit him quite well, yeah. Mm. Michael Horsley, the photo viper, he has his list. <laughs> <laughs> a, a classic always at number five, the flag, and then at number four, the pterodrome. Number three, mega viper? Rob? Interesting. What? We both painted ours <laughs> up like there was no tomorrow. Like we covered up that like yellow uh, and pink was purple. not correct. <laughs> this is not the right <laughs> choice. Mm-hmm. Well but, uh, Mike wants a mega viper. Are they are they tough to find on the, the secondary market? Maybe I can't imagine case. so. They do stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. I'm so out of touch because as I say, we've always had ours. Anyway, um, at number two, the Cobra Power Fighter. Wow. Okay. Maybe this is a rare item because it came so late in the line. It's just like powered Hmm. armor, but like it puts the operator, yeah. yeah. It puts the operator like sort of dead center and exposed. So maybe Mike has some custom ideas in mind. Mm. Mm. And then number one, Night Force Crazy Legs, which reminds me of a lovely story that a friend got me that for Christmas one year. Do you remember who that friend was? uh that was Crazy Legs. Oh. Uh I'm blanking. It was you. Ah, oh, come on, was it? Was it you, I bought you Bobby. a Night Force figure. You bought me Night Force Crazy Legs. I should with get that for gun, myself. With the folding stock, with the parachute pack, like he was complete. Yeah, it was the same year. You also got me a Zorana, and I immediately said hmm, she's a bit loose in the O-ring. And you're like, oh, well, we'll just change it out. And then to that, I replied, no, 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 we we can't. We can't. She's glued together. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know about that. I'm sorry, Steve. (laughs) But I'll have you know that I managed to actually uh, get that Zorana open uh, with the minimum uh, uh, fuss. She's got a fresh O-ring. And um, I've now got a, a bonus extra Zorana that came in a sort of a, a trade. And that oh, Zorana there you, is Zorana. your Zorana. Hey! Uh,
2: fantastic. Well, at least I don't get the one with the bum o-ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <do you> <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who knows how to tell them apart. Anywho, oh, uh, Robbie, no. I think we'll leave it there for uh, for episode 214. Um, not bad. Uh, we seldom uh, get a uh, dropout from old Paulie. He surreptitiously just... I should he, he just left course. us um but i mean obviously this, celia this got him is off.
2: very important to him you know celia got him off there um happy birthday celia if you hear that right after what i just said um yeah i hope you i hope you have a good birthday <laughs> <laughs>
0: she, gets to, she gets to open the present <laughs> hey <laughs> all right all right all right uh, Yo, Joburg, everybody. Thanks for joining us, everybody in the um, the live studio audience. If you're uh, itching to join us uh, in that uh, particular fashion, we record once a week. Uh, but the way to join that group would be to become Patreons at any tier uh, so we, we don't sort of uh, gatekeep don't discriminate, yes. Anyone, exactly. if, if you're exactly. part of the Joe
2: force, uh, you can come join us. You can listen to us talking shit for like three hours and then steven edits it down to two hours it's amazing it is absolutely incredible yeah so join us on patreon um uh we've had no bad reviews so far from everyone who likes us thank you to everyone that that uh contributes who who enjoys what we do enough to kind of you know throw a bit of uh you know throw
0: what's that song from the witcher Chucking in the buck. Uh, I don't know. Just basically keeping know. the lights running for GI Joeburg. I mean, we 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 are not about to um, quit our day jobs, but uh, this certainly helps. Uh, you know, keeping us uh, keeping the wheels greased and occasionally getting us the odd toy to review. Wahey! Absolutely, Amazing.
2: and also paying for for all the things that you know, kind of like keep the operation going. Um, so thank you to everyone who who is part of the Joe Force. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, and if you love us even more, you can check out our GI Joe inspired GI Joe brick t-shirts on Teespring.com. Um, there are some really cool designs in there. I know Paul is always excited to try and add more on there, and he does occasionally. So always keep your eye out for new things coming out.
0: Uh, when Look, he's I'm to say that you know, like GI Joe shirts, there are a wild number of variations that you can no, no doubt track down online. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of them are taking IPs from Hasbro, Hasbro, whether they've asked permission or not. But Paul has done a very clever thing in that everything is G.I. Joe, but without infringing on the IP. And what you wind up with are very unique artworks that are instantly recognizable. It's a lovely kind of uncanny valley. Um, so mm-hmm. if you want some of the most unique G.I. Joe apparel out there, check out our store on Teespring.
2: Woo-hoo. Yeah,
0: have a look. Check <laughs> it out. Punch over. Something nice. Hand over hand. Get there quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close it out. Robbie, once again, thank you for joining me, my friend. Heck it's, yeah, uh, lovely dude. that We have this thing um, that we do together. We still play G.I. Joe in a sense.
2: In a sense, we definitely do, and we'll even play more soon. We'll be using our creative imaginations as we we, we dip our toes, our little fingers into role playing. Finally, do you Joe role playing. Uh, we don't even have to leave our wheelhouse to enjoy role playing.
0: Catch you next week, Joe Burgers. Thanks for listening, commenting, liking. Thank you. Uh, and subscribing folks. to this channel. Uh, we always appreciate it. We see you and we love this community. You can always get in touch with us uh, on a real South African hero at gmail.com if you want to write us a nice lengthy email, which we'll most likely read out on the show. Or you can drop us a voice note using, uh, a, you know, just attach an MP3 file and we will play it. Haven't had one of those in a while. Alternatively, you could comment on this YouTube thread or wherever we're social, be it Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook group. Just search G.I. Joberg and go to town. And that's yeah. all I have to say about that. 214 out. Yeah,
2: yeah.